check. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of RX Radio. Uh, today is going to be a pretty exciting episode. You might actually get some video out of this, um, but I am uh, video conferencing right now uh, with my one of my newest friends, I would say, uh, Beju. He is a, uh, a pharmacist that's going to be diving deep into ASHP. And, you know, uh, the a recent episode, we went through a student's perspective and it was an awesome episode. It was like over an hour, I think, and a lot of knowledge bombs. A lot of people are reaching out with feedback. But I wanted to get the perspective from a from a pharmacist standpoint, from a, from a healthcare professional standpoint, going back to the event. So, um, uh, Beju, uh, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you on here. Yeah, thanks, man. It's been a, it's been an exciting journey, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, um, this is going to be fun. And um, before we start diving into some of the questions I have for you. Um, why don't you just uh, give the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm actually a pharmacist at a academic medical center. Uh, I do informatics, so I, I work in with our pharmacy informatics team, and also I have a dual role there. I actually work with our innovation team under the uh, guidance of our CIO of our IT department. Um, so some of the things we do are uh, revolve around, you know, of course, our EHR and integration of um, sort of different uh, modules or optimizing the system. But we, so we also work in areas where uh, there's a lot of uncertainty as well and the unknown, which is the innovation component. And uh, we try to solve some of our biggest problems at our health system, uh, leveraging technology and kind of accelerating uh, new thoughts and new ideas, uh, consulting with physicians, consulting with nurses and pharmacists to make our system better uh, for our patients. Yeah. Now, it sounds like you're heavy involved in like, you know, digital engagement, potentially digital patient education, technology. What were you doing at ASHP? Like, why did you even decide to go there? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, uh, first of all, I want to say, you know, ASHP is kind of be my home away from home. Uh, you know, as much as I enjoy technology and innovation, uh, one of the things that has led me to is actually moving outside of the traditional pharmacy boundary, right? Um, and so for me, ASHP has kind of been a way, an outlet to kind of reconnect with my pharmacist, you know, with, with my um, my professional home, so to speak. And so um, it keeps me grounded in that aspect. And it, I really enjoy it because of that. Our community is, uh, I think, one of the most uh, interesting uh, ones in healthcare because we have this way to solve problems in healthcare that no one really else can do. Um, as pharmacists, we have uh, just an uncanny ability to, you know, span uh, all aspects of healthcare because we are so embedded in medication use, right? And that in itself is inherently like it spans everywhere, right? Like it, it's affects every component of healthcare. So uh, in that respect, I think we, we decided, you know, well, let's go, let's go and uh, kind of connect with our SHP colleagues and perhaps uh, let's find other opportunities that we can engage in and where we can actually innovate from, from within, from our organization. So, yeah. 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 So, I mean, um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. yeah, no. So um, I just kind of wanted to um, add to this really quickly. I think going to SHP, first of all, it's, it's kind of like just fun, right? <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. It gets you uh, excited because you're breaking outside of your own routine. And as a pharmacist, you know, day in, day out, uh, you may be working in one practice or one health system. And this kind of broadens your perspective, right? The other... Um, kind of piece I want to add to is sometimes pharmacists are, are, are great at um, sort of valuing, uh, you know, themselves in, in some respects, but not very good in terms of advocating for yourself. So some, you know, one of the things I decided to do was, you know, I decided just to reach out to my employer, uh, my, my 
my mentors, my my uh, managers, and just ask them, you know, well, you know, there's this professional organization that helps me develop my skills and and resources. Um, how about you, you know, could you send me over to major? And I think I I should be able to quantify or at least qualify, you know, what value um, I can bring back. And so um, one of the areas I decided to kind of provide value to my employer was, well, I can present um, some of the work we've done and represent MUSC um, in a, in a, in a, in a great way in, in, in some, in, in, in a good light. So essentially MUSC allows presenters who are attending uh, speaking engagements, they, they sort of either will sponsor you for time off uh, in the past they've offered funds to, for travel. And I think that's really is, you know, how do you as a pharmacist provide value uh, first uh, to your organization and they can reciprocate, right? Mm-hmm. They can really um, gain more from you attending. Um, another, I just want to add another uh, quick pearl. One of the things I, um, one of the events I attended last year, uh, ASHP summer meeting, um, you know, there's a huge informatics track that's, um, it's growing and, and it has a lot of great educational sessions. Um, I learned something around of Rx norm, which is a, a way to sort of normalize data for pharmacy. And funny enough, that educational, that one hour of education turned out to be critical to solving some of the problems we had at MUSC. And so it's like we have these intangible and tangible values we can bring back to our organization, um, maybe tenfold. Uh, so just acknowledging your value as a pharmacist and advocating for that, I think that that's uh, important. And so that that's kind of why yeah. <laughs> I, I went. So uh, two things. First of all, if MUSC has any leftover funds and they want to shoot it you know, my way to help with what I'm doing, that would be excellent. Uh, so if you want to recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second Sounds thing good. is, <laughs> second thing you mentioned is uh, uh, RX norms. Um, I think that's interesting yeah. because yeah. I'm, I, I'm fairly confident this actually might be the first time that uh, uh, some pharmacists and, and even students will uh, be the first time that they're hearing that term RX norm. Uh, can yeah. you give a little bit of background as to what that is? Um, I, I know that um, it, it's new. It's up, and it's not that it's new. And I think it's taking some time to get wide adoption. But it, it has promise in terms of of why it's going to potentially be able to replace something like the NDC. So, uh, do you want to give uh, the listeners maybe just like a quick introduction as to maybe what an RX norm is? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's it's quite interesting. Um, basically, RX norm is a a data set that was developed by the National Library of Medicine. And uh, it's, it's, it's free, it's open source, by the way. So you can go literally to the National uh, Library of Medicine website, uh, type in RxNorm, go to RxNav, um, and you can actually do some simulations um, online as well, or, or you can play with this, basically. Um, and essentially, it's a way for us to look at medication um, in a clean uh, sort of version. It's, it's sort of like you have all these other data sets um, in different systems, like our electronic health record system, um, our automated automation systems, uh, many, many other you know, apps have uh, medication data. And they're all different. They're all not consistent with each other. Uh, Tylenol, you know, for example, Tylenol 350 milligram capsule uh, tablet, sorry, uh, can uh, be in a one different format in one system, but in a completely different format in another system. And Rx norm is a way to consolidate all these standards into one. And so if you think about data as being garbage in, garbage out, that's essentially what this, this is where it's key. It's because it's providing clean data in so you get clean data out. And that can be used for many different applications. Um, We've used it for applications where um, we can kind of review uh, the cost of drugs uh, 
you know, we built this platform where we've kind of been able to see the cost of one drug coming into our system and that we're buying and then make a decision to find out what is the best price for that product or that drug um, using a dashboard tool that we've created. But essentially that's all sort of um, the underlying data is is based on RX norm. So mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of other applications uh, besides that, but I really do recommend just going to the website, checking out. Uh, there's a little sandbox here you can play with some of the data. And, yeah. and even if it's something as basic as a report, you know, um, that you want to generate, uh, you know, it's a really key tool. What I thought was cool about RX norms um, was that, you know, when we look at an, what an NDC is and we look at um, how that how that relates to a drug, um, it doesn't tell us mm -hmm. it doesn't tell us a lot. It only tells us the NDC right. is basically to, to identify one, what the drug is. Um, and, and provide a lot more identification as to who the drug is from, um, you know, right. the packaging of that drug, um, you know, where it was manufactured or, or, um, right. or distributed. But what's cool about RX norms is that now we can get these additional values to, to, to man manage in a, dead, in a database with a medication. Like you can find, you can yeah. actually search and have a database of drugs uh, by the disease state or even by the mechanism of action. Um, yeah. and, and it's a value that exactly. you can add and it's not something it's not something that we usually get with an NDC mapping and that's NDCs has mm -hmm. kind of been uh, I think the standard of kind of how we manage the um, drug databases but now that we can start adding all these other values and like you said there's so many different um, applications that that can be had there so um, it's pretty yeah. it's pretty interesting so let's let's talk about um, let's talk about being a speaker there because I think that when we had kind of briefly talked about this, um, you had mentioned that you were a speaker, um, yeah, at the event. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about, about that experience? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, if, if, if you are a pharmacist, um, you know, communication, I think really in any industry is important, right? Like when I'm, some of my mentors, uh, have, told me, you know, they'll never give 100% uh, on anyone's evaluation on their executive leadership team um, for communication, because there's always an opportunity to improve, right? Um, so I, I think this goes back to how do we, pharma as pharmacists, advocate for ourselves? How, how do we advocate for value uh, in the public arena or uh, in the C-suite, right? Or uh, anywhere, really. Um, I think it's all around communication. And so I think these kind of avenues of presenting uh, value to our community um, is a great way to do it, to, to practice your communication skills. Um, and one of the pieces to this is, you know, well, you don't have to uh, go and present, you know, half an hour, one hour, one hour sort of presentations up front. Um, this is kind of one of the strategies I took early on was, you know, well, why don't you um, perhaps just sign up for a one of the pearls presentations at SHP, for example, and that's sort of like a five minute talk. Um, granted, it takes sometimes it takes a bit more prep work for smaller, shorter uh, presentations, but I I feel like that's a good way to start small and then to grow uh, your practice to be a more effective communicator. Mm -hmm. um, another another sort of strategy that you can use is to find great co-presenters. So I had um, uh, co-presented with Brian Fung and Sylvia Bedfield of uh, the Mayo Clinic. And we were um, all three, and also Myrta uh, Liu, who, and all four of us were uh, in the informatics world and profession. So we connected, but we also were up to sort of share the workload of presenting and that mm. made it easier in, in, in some respects so to do. So two, two questions um, about that. One, how did you become a speaker yeah. there? Like what, if I wanted to now just, yeah. you know, next year go speak, what would I need to do? And two, what did you guys um, present on? Yeah. Uh, so getting to be a speaker, um, you can go through the traditional route to submit your presentation, uh, abstract, to you know, organizations like SHP, 
or you can be part of a work group. So I'm actually part of the section of pharmacy informatics and technology advisory group. Mm. Um, okay. And so I've been, you know, with Brian and and some of the other co-presenters, I've been uh, part of the professional development uh, advisory group for, for some time. And this is how you also find and network with others that are like-minded and share similar passions. Um, and so I really just got pulled in to the presentation by Maritza, who was kind enough to really just coordinate uh, all three of us to present. Um, so this is a great way to find avenues uh, to speak. But also, I think um, I just want to mention, you don't have to um, present at large organizations. You can, you can pr simply present at uh, your local Toastmasters club, right? Um, you can present... Um, you know, online through social media, like Richard, you're doing, or, or some of our YouTubers that are pharmacists are doing. So there's also other avenues, a non-traditional avenue also to uh, practice your communication skills. Um, the So getting back to your second point, uh, the presentation we um, uh, had was, uh, the title of it was quite, quite cute. Um, it was uh, basically... Uh, boring is the new goal okay. and it it was yeah it was interesting because it was about ehr integration and how you have successful ehr integration so um we talked a, a lot about you know when we go live with technology there's often times where there's a lot of chaos right there's a lot <laughs> a lot of fires we have to put out um there, there's there's inherently problems that occur um our, our kind of um, talk was really based around how do we mitigate those uh, issues? How do we um, create a better ways to plan ahead and to build a culture of training our people to then mitigate some of the risks we, we face um, downstream from growing life? So that, that was important. Um, and we went through a lot of uh, people uh, and workflow um, topics, not just technology itself. So mm -hmm. that's crucial. Yeah. I'm starting to, uh, in, with my company now, we, you know, we provide medication education videos, uh, to healthcare organizations. Yeah. And, you know, one of our biggest uh, challenges a lot of times when we get to some of these larger health systems is the integration mm -hmm. part of it. Whereas, yeah, totally. um, and, and, and I, the challenge I'm running into is, um, you know, it, it's, a, we, the, um, RIT guys did an amazing job at creating and making integration simple and easy, but it's mm -hmm. just so difficult. And there's so many projects on the table or there's so much, there's a lot of bureaucracy that needs to happen before you can actually get to a point to say, even let's say, all right, we're going to change this or we're going to integrate this. So it's, um, it's definitely mm -hmm. a challenge that I'm, I'm running into. Um, <laughs> yeah. now yeah. I want to get to kind of like a general, like a general va like, was it valuable? Like, and, and what, like being advocates, I think, in the profession and being a leader in the profession, you know, we'll usually get something out of it. But what about for the pharmacist that, you know, um, is, you know, not always uh, as um, out front or not always as outgoing with their leadership in pharmacy and things like that? Like, are they going to get something out of this event um, when they go? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think absolutely. I'm, I'm, I come from, I come from that space as well. You know, I was uh, very much of an introvert. I was very much, um, you know, behind the scenes. I'm still kind of a little bit behind the scenes. So I fly under the radar sometimes to get things done. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, what I found is you, you also have to um, build a team. You have to build uh, a right kind of group of like-minded people that share similar interests around of you to also be more successful in life, I think, in general. Um, and I'm not just talking about work. I'm just talking about really just finding your, your journey and, 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 you know, surrounding yourself with, with that sort of positiveness. Um, and, and this is what I find interesting with ASHP is, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to meet folks like this that, that share the same path or share the same sort of journey as you. Um, kind of almost like how we met uh, Richard, but we met online, which yeah. is, it was different, but I, I feel like it's, it's the same sort of vibe. Um, you know, 
uh, one of the things uh, I, I t try to do, and I think a lot of folks have told me, um, some of my uh, students and colleagues have told me is just network with people. Uh, and, and when I say network, just have conversations with people. Whether it's in in the airport while you're traveling to Midir, um, or waiting in line to get your coffee at the convention center, just like turn around to the next person and just say hi. You know, um, how's your day going? Uh, what are you up to? You know, and um, start a conversation because I can't tell you, Richard, how many people I've actually met um, through that interaction that have fueled so many more ideas and so many more. Um, opportunities in my life, I, I think this is a valuable concept. So um, you bring up a great yeah. point because, you know, you know, finding that finding those people, um, you know, you can't there's two ways to do it, which, you know, I mean, we did it kind of online and it just kind of felt fell that way. But another way yeah. and a great way to do it is in person. And that's definitely the value that not only you get out of ASHP, but pretty much any of these big events that you go to. But you also bring up another good point about networking and how like networking is just by like kind of having a conversation for people. A lot of people right. are are fairly intimidated by the word um, networking. And, you know, I, it, but it's actually right. not that hard. I mean, it's just making a friend like it's really all that is. Mm -hmm. All networking is, is figuring out how to make a friend and then right. and then building a relationship to see where that can take you, you know, and, and see, you know, even if it leads to nothing, you, you, you don't know because. You know, you can make a new friend now that's actually not going to be a part of your life professionally, um, you know, right. for the next five years or so. So, uh, you know, that's what networking is. A lot of people kind of take it as this term and, you know, which there's tons of techniques and all these kinds of things and advice out there, which, you know, it's definitely helpful. But at the end of the day, just remember, it's just making a friend like a new friend. Yeah, so. absolutely. And, and and I think uh, the value just, you know, for for us, you know. Uh, as pharmacists, you know it, it's tremendous. You know, there's a there's times where you might you might need to lean on a friend to kind of make it through the next day or next week or next year, right? Um, yeah, I, I don't want to get I don't want to get too much far into this because uh, I, I feel like this would this is definitely a conversation we need to have uh, more of. Um, but I, I think this this sort of is a conversation I. Uh, we'd like to also help with. And Richard, I just want to mention, um, uh, I, I'm also uh, co-founding a group uh, with one of our students, pharmacy students, uh, called the Daily Dispense. Mm -hmm. And the concept behind this is exactly what we're talking about right now. It's starting to uh, start these conversations um, basically to empower our clinicians uh, to build the right toolkit uh, for their future, and 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 that's whether it's in technology or it's in communication or it's just general professional development. But this mm -hmm. is where we're bringing together uh, some really great diverse pharmacists and, yeah. and students to to the table. So, so how can people best like kind of follow that or you know kind of connect or, and be a part of that? Where, where would they be able to find that mostly? Yeah, yeah. So you can check out our uh, website uh, dailydispense.com. And you can check us out on Instagram and YouTube. And we uh, are gearing up uh, for 2019 being the year we're going to trickle down on this uh, because we found a, a lot of our pharmacists uh, need need this in, in the community. And they, uh, they, they need a way to survive what's coming, which is uh, the disruption that we're going to be seeing in healthcare. Uh, next five, 10 years, it's going to be tremendous. And, these are uh, some of the resources I think we need to uh, shift our mindset to. Yeah. So I'll, I'll put all that information in the show notes for, you know, those that are driving and just couldn't write that down, um, <laughs> which, you know, don't yeah. don't write and drive people. Um, I'll link that in the show <laughs> notes so you can look at uh, you can look for that later um, and find how to best connect with that. All right. So let's uh, what an interesting thing that uh conversation that came up in the uh, last episode with the student at ASHP was, um, and, and this is not just her, I think this is uh, a, a widespread problem and issue. And I remember having the same issue when I went to my first ASHP as a, mm -hmm. um, as yeah. a fourth year student, the vendor exhibit is so vast and so huge and so overwhelming. 
I wanted to see if you might be able to provide some advice as to like how we can better prepare for that, both both pharmacists and students. Um, how can we better prepare um, to deal with that, and how can we take advantage of that better? Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 pretty. <laughs> it's it's still pretty massive for me as well. And I spent pretty much I dedicate almost hundred percent of my time at the exhibitor booths. Um, and, and this was uh, for different purposes, uh, but ultimately, it, it is it is the whole the whole convention is large, right? The whole conference is uh, fairly busy, and I think this is important to acknowledge upfront. So, um, some of the things you can do is you can plan for definitely like <clears throat> scheduling um, either checking out certain specific vendors or uh, specific sessions at the conference. But I think it's also just, just as important. And we were talking about this right before we kind of started was it's just important to have a little bit more space uh, for yourself in between as well. So lock out times um, just for some white space. So you can either use that time to rest and also to, um, explore other opportunities that you might not necessarily think about when you're planning. Um, and so one of the pieces to that was, you know, I, I went up to one of the uh, exhibitors at, at one of their booths and it was um, a technology that's, that's around of drug diversion. And, you know, I was, I was asking them, well, you know, how many students do you actually get come through? And the, the rep, she was just like, well, we get quite a few students asking about what we do. And most of the times, students don't know even what the topic of drug diversion is or how does that apply to them or their uh, practice. Um, and I thought that was quite interesting. That was insi insightful because this is one area where pharmacy students can go to learn about new topics, uh, new uh, issues that are occurring in technology and um, in the space of pharmacy in general. So I highly recommend, you know, if you're a student, um, maybe even just block off some time just to make visits to different categories uh, of exhibitors that you might find interesting, but you don't really necessarily know about. So it's sort of an educational tool. Um, however, for pharmacists, um, I think it's, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, sure, there may be a bit, bit of the same sort of awareness education piece, but I think also, you know, um, we kind of talked about this earlier was, you know, how do you provide value for your organization? Uh, say the your company or the organization is willing to sponsor you to go to these events. Well, maybe there's something else you can, you know, do um, while you're there. And one of the things I found interesting was uh, if, if you're a pharmacist that works in a hospital, for example, um, like I do, then perhaps you can do a bit of market research around these exhibitors, these vendors. Um, some of them, you, your health system might actually use, right? So we're in the process right now of uh, integrating our IV smart pumps with our electronic health record system. Uh, so we can have this bi-directional sort of data um, feed between the two systems. They can talk to each other, essentially. Um, and we're... <laughs> It's actually funny because I was, I was getting emails from some of my colleagues about, well, hey, do you want to kind of be part of this meeting? We're kind of evaluating all these different vendors because we don't know which one to pick right now. Uh, what are the benefits and what are the uh, pros and cons, I guess, of, of these uh, different systems? Um, well, I was actually there last week, right? I was uh, front and center uh, talking some, to some of these representatives um, from these vendors on their devices, getting demonstrations, uh, getting to know all the limitations of these systems. I can now bring that back to my organization and say, okay, these are the systems that you probably don't even need to evaluate. These are the systems you definitely need to put on your radar. And then um, I'm already providing value uh, in, in that sense. So that's important if you're a professional, um, you know, market research and evaluating some of these technologies uh, may be crucial, uh, not just to you, but also to your organization. 
I think what what is another, um, you know, talking about like being a professional going there, um, mm-hmm. a lot of professionals are, you know, wondering what else they can be doing and wondering what else, you know, other opportunities are out there. And um, I think that showcase, um, not the showcase, sorry, the exhibit hall, I think is a great way to potentially find that out and see what's there. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And I think yeah. ha- having some, you know, just being some self-awareness as to, you know, if, if you could do, if you could do anything in pharmacy um, or with your degree or with some of your skill sets that you have, if you haven't some sort of idea what that would be, there yeah. actually might be a few companies doing that or can allow you to do that with that company that's there. Um, so that's potentially that's, a really good, um, a really good opportunity to kind of go and explore what's out there and where you might have a good yeah. fit. Um, as a student, similarly, I think you can um, have a similar thing as like maybe what it is that you might do or, or just kind of going with an open mind. I guess for students, it's mostly just like the, the pure warning of like, it's massive and extremely overwhelming. It's a huge, like it's probably one of the biggest buildings and rooms you probably ever be in. Like it is right. huge. And right. just understanding that, like, you know, just I think having that expectation of that will right off the bat kind of like uh, help being there because I just gave you that explicit warning. So right. <laughs> um, just <laughs> but when you do go in there, you know, you can do a couple laps even, you know, depending on the timing and just kind of look for things that catch your eye. And, you know, who knows, you might discover a whole new career that you didn't even know existed, um, you know, at that oh, exhibit sure. hall. So um, those, yeah. those are just a couple things yeah. that I, w- I would recommend there. Yeah, no, uh, for sure, Richard. Um, actually, it's funny because many of the booths I visited, you know, once they found out I was a pharmacist and then also an informaticist, they were like, hey, you know, come meet, uh, you know, Dave or whoever. He's a pharmacist, uh, you know, for our company. He's the, he's the subject matter expert. He's the He's an advisor, the central thought leader for our company. Uh, you you got to meet him or her, you know. And and I thought that was kind of cool. There's yeah. a lot more, you know. There's a lot more pharmacists actually now engaging and working with some of these companies. And again, that goes back to exactly what you said. There's you know, there's there's opportunity um, to make a career out of it to um, help our profession move forward. Um, by working with these these vendors who are driving our industry essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and then there's also free swag, of course, which is. <laughs> yeah. Did they have a lot of socks? <laughs> oh man, I you know I didn't see any socks, oh, but I, I apparently the the uh, Omnicell green bags were like the highlight of everyone's yeah. day. I, I don't know. It was just like, it was kind of real. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to start for our next trade show. I'm going to see if our, our swag can be socks. I'm going to have VUCA socks. Yeah. I don't know how what, what I'm going to put on them, but um, we might do socks. Or, or scarves. Scarves are good too. That, that's true. So I'm from Miami, yeah. so I don't really know anything about scarves. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I could imagine true, everywhere else. True. Um, right, right. Um, yeah, another, uh, just the side, side point, um, you know, another thing I kind of did see when I was on in the exhibitor booth, and this is kind of crazy, but um, I kind of saw where we're going, right? Like there's a lot of tech that's happening that we don't really get to see or hear about um, unless they're really kind of clued in on some of these um, uh, spaces. But, you know, I saw things like, you know, medication delivery robots, right? And they're replacing what technicians had traditionally done is, you know, uh, in, in hospitals is deliver medications. Um, there are these kind of R2-D2 style, like, Star Wars type of robots that were kind of hopping around the floor, uh, bumping into people, <laughs> bumping to me. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, you know, these uh, fully auto- autonomous sort of robots that were preparing IVs. Um, basically, we're, we're seeing a shift, right? Like, you know, in, in, in the auto industry, we're seeing a shift with Uber and Lyft, right? They're, they're moving to driverless cars. It's, it's the same thing that's happening in healthcare. It's, it's, you know, we're, we're removing some of our human, um, you know, components and they're rep- being replaced by machines. So kind of knowing that, um, we, we have to find other avenues to then, uh, you know, build our profession. So it was kind of, it was kind of exciting, but also kind of scary at the same time. 
mm-hmm. just to see this sort of trend. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, we should be equally, everyone should be scared, but it shouldn't like be yeah. scared in a negative way. It should just, it, it should mostly yeah. be kind of like right. something that we embrace because we know it's going to happen and then just use that to figure out how we're going to be motivated um, yeah. to continue to, you know, stay relevant. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, no, there's, there's even me, right? Like there's no mm-hmm. part of me that will say like, I'm a hundred percent, like there's not fear, like there's going to be fear. Like, right. I, I don't think that's just something you can avoid being a human. It's just like, like literally to the molecular biological level, like fear is just part of our lives. Like that's just always going to be there. And, right. and, it, and it's especially true with our careers. And as we start to see these innovations that start to happen, but it's how can we mitigate that fear? How can we use that fear and that energy to, um, you know, do something with it, to make us more relevant, to innovate, um, to make it so that, you know, we're the drivers in that Uber car, you know? Yeah. Um, how, how can yeah. we, you know, make sure we're the ones that are coordinating, you know, a Lyft company or like a subset of Lyft or um, just kind of, you know, using your your auto your auto references. So, um, yeah, and I'm really excited for that. And I hope, you know, it really is, you know, for for a lot of our profession it's like are you looking at it and i hate to use like a bunch of cliches but like are you looking at a glass half full or glass half empty you know yeah um (laughs) or like is the glass just full you know like that's like a whole nother level right like right um definitely so um yeah it's definitely a mindset shift you know it's just um and and it's interesting you, you kind of um you you sort of were going this direction because uh you know one thing i have to kind of share with you and, and, and to the audience actually is um, a funny story that happened to me while I was at here. This kind of was relevant to this conversation um, where, you know, right before my presentation, I actually I think it was like a, a, a couple of days before the presentation. Uh, I was actually at, at a food truck uh, next to the convention center, you know, getting a meal. And then I went straight off to a meeting after that. Uh, well, when I came back to the convention center, I, I kind of checked my back pocket and it was a little bit lighter than I expected it to be. So uh, I just realized that at that point, I, I either lost my wallet or I'd been pickpocketed. And that was kind of like, it was kind of like a very traumatic uh, experience for like an hour, yeah. um, at least for an hour. <laughs> oh my God. And it was pretty kind of scary. Yeah. Cause uh, I had everything in there, you know, uh, I thought my life was all lost cause you know, my ID was there, credit cards, all the, all of that. Yeah. Um, but I actually, I kind of met with my uh, co-presenters like an hour afterwards and I was telling them the story and I was like, you know, I had this like massive shift happen um, while we were talking about it. And I think this is, this is where it got interesting. A light bulb went off and it, I, I said, you know, I thought to myself, well, I can't really change my circumstance, right? I can't change. This is reality. I, I can't change what has happened, but I can change my perspective of that situation. Um, and I realized uh, until then, I realized I, all I've lost is a bunch of plastic and a leather uh, wallet. That yeah. was really it. It could have been your um, phone. Like, can you imagine? It, it could. <laughs> it, well, that that <laughs> that would have been worse. Like, exactly. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> But, but really, like, how do I, like, if I, when I change my perspective, I was able to move forward and find a solution. I actually got my passport expedited to me and, and I, you know, I was able to get a flight back to Charleston. I got some money from some of my colleagues. Um, all was good. Uh, but it was just funny, like, that moment, I was able to, like, shift my mindset and move forward. Yeah. And I think that's what's, that's how, like, we have to think um, for the future also, right? Because reality is going to happen regardless we just have to figure out how to change our way of looking at it mm-hmm. to then move forward yeah man it's hard to hear you lost so, your wallet though that's that's hard that's but yeah i i didn't get it back so no. No. <laughs> anyone anyone who went to shp found a wallet uh you know he's probably the only beiju you'll know like there you go <laughs> be able to find it give it back to him so <laughs> let's use social media yeah exactly <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, the last thing I had on my agenda here that I wanted to, um, I wanted to touch on was, mm-hmm. um, some of the things that you experienced that was great that actually wasn't on the agenda. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah. what that, what that might've been like, like just things that randomly happened that could have either been organized p- 
prior to or even organized while at the event that you enjoyed that was valuable that actually wasn't on the official ASHP agenda? Yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good uh, good question. So um, I have to give out some uh, props to uh, Sam Anderig and Nate Keedy and Brian Fong uh, who coordinated really cool meetup. Um, and I think this is the start of something uh, much larger. Um, it was the very first uh, pharmacy innovators uh, meetup that was hosted at, at ASHP Mid-Year. And essentially it was basically innovators, entrepreneurs, uh, startups, folks who had found these startups um, that essentially met at um, one of the lounges next to the convention center. Um, and I thought that was interesting because there's this groundswell of new ideas, new thoughts uh, that are forming very organically now. and. Um, it all kind of comes back to how do we kind of change our industry from within, disrupt it from within. And these are the folks who are actually doing it. Yeah. So I thought that was, that was quite a, a good group to, um, kind of get connected with. And then Brian Fung also, uh, organized another meetup that was, uh, more for, uh, social media influencers in, in pharmacy. And that was pretty neat as well. So there's a lot of changes happening. Um, and, and there's a lot of pharmacists that are getting into this sort of space uh, of digital content. And I think it's important because this is another way we reach um, our patients, our healthcare advocates, our uh, colleagues, right? It's another way to do it. We don't necessarily have to be restricted to, uh, this is going to kind of probably... Uh, uh, maybe get some folks mad. I'm gonna say because I'm I'm all about uh, uh, sort of being very honest <laughs> um, to the point that uh, it, yeah, it may anger some folks. But I think I think this is has to be said. So um, basically, we have we have ways to kind of get the message out in the traditional sense. We have. Uh, these conferences, we have, um, you know, speaking engagements, all these great tools at our disposal. But what we're not seeing as much of, I think, is the non-traditional routes. Like, let's use social media. Let's use, uh, you know, uh, digital content to actually um, advocate for our profession in, in a different way. Um, I think this is where uh, we need to do more. Um, and I met a pharmacist from Canada, um, Aaron, who presented actually at uh, Meter, and his talk was about um, the pharmacist and Alexa, uh, really digital health and how pharmacists should embrace digital health. One of the points he mentioned was, well, why don't we start branding and marketing ourselves in uh, uh, all these platforms, YouTube, Instagram, um, you know, Facebook, wherever, to start to either promote your business, which could be a, a independent pharmacy, uh, or to promote yourself, uh, so be a thought leader in your space, uh, or promote, um, you know, patient advocacy concepts like um, like we've been doing. For many years, uh, I, I think this is this is an emerging landscape. I, I I don't know, I don't know if Richard, if you have any thoughts on that, because I, I I think you do a great job, you know, promoting, you know, your line of work, which is uh, education and and training, right? Uh, patient education and training, um, but you do it through these different avenues. So I'm just curious, like, what are your thoughts on that? Because I I feel like. Um, are, are pharmacists actually embracing this, uh, or do we still have a lot, lot more uh, opportunity to uh, create that awareness? Or like, where, where do you think we are uh, in this stage? Because I'm just learning how to do this myself, and I, I'm certainly not the expert, but I, I feel like we need to sort of build the expertise, right? Yeah. Like so, proficiency. so you're definitely preaching to the choir here. I mean. It, 
if anyone that's kind of been following along what I'm doing, I mean, they know and they see that I'm heavy on pretty much every single platform and, and I'm fairly bullish on every single platform. And the reason that is, is because all these platforms are different and all, you know, everyone likes to consume their content differently. So for me, I'm thinking if you want to have a message out and, you know, you're passionate about that message, you need to deliver that message to as many people as possible. And a lot of times it's going to be in many different forms. So I'm bullish on pretty much everything that you said about, uh, you know, the attention for me, it's about where's, uh, where's the attention of everyone, the attention for people on day to their day to day's activities in between anything major is on social media is on their phones. Um, it's in a digital environment. And for us to actually have change, and that's, you know, essentially a lot of the basis behind RX radio and kind of what I'm doing here is because I understand that the things that I'm doing here, it has the um, potential to reach people. And, you know, we're getting a lot of information out here. A lot of it's sometimes just, you know, purely, um, you know, a way to get away from everything and laugh at some of the memes that I have on Instagram. But, you know, some of it is some, yeah. is serious articles, some of it's news and, um, yeah. you know, uh, and, and, and I think it's effective. I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people are, for the first time are hearing about things um, on social media. And, um, and they're spending, and because they're spending so much time there, we as, as leaders should be creating that content there for them to, to get it, engage with it, also share it with the rest of the world as well. Because, you know, the great, the, the, another cool thing about social media in, 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 um, in heavy contrast to let's say something that happens at ASHP is when someone reads or consumes something on social media, they can hit the share button and then share it to their whole community and share it to see, to show what we're doing as pharmacists um, to regular, um, you know, citizens that are not in healthcare. And then even to their network that is potentially in healthcare, like other nurses, physicians and other yeah. um, PAs yeah. and all, all these other different um, healthcare organizations. So um, one, one that's, thing, that's though, a differentiator. Yeah, it's definitely a differentiator. Yeah. Um, and it can just spread so much quicker. Um, mm -hmm. One thing, though, I think that, you know, the, what I think the responsibility is, is I think that students, the struggle is now that I'm seeing is, and, and, I, and I'm going to be posting a talk that I have about this that I, I recently talked at Mercer's Pharmacy School. And, you know, mm -hmm. students were talking about like building their own brand and, and making mm -hmm. content. But you're in pharmacy school. Like you don't have a lot of time to do things, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and, and that right. shouldn't be your foot. You can't be your focus. Like there's so many other things that you need to be concerned about in pharmacy school. I don't know yeah. if there should be a heavy focus around building content, building your brand online. Cause it takes time. It's work. Like, th like making content work. Yeah. is work. Yeah. Like there's no like yeah. easy way to do it. Like, you know, and people are trying to do these bots and do all these kinds of things and cut corners, but like to build a brand, like it is work. And, and I think the responsibility should be on the passionate pharmacists that have already graduated and don't have to worry about school anymore, because hmm. I think there you have more time to do it. Yes, you have a job that you have to go to and work, but outside of that, yeah. you have more, you have time, you have way more time than you probably think. Um, you just might have to cut out a show, you know, that you might be watching, you know, right. a, a night or, you know, cut out a couple yeah. hours of instead of watching football, like the entire Saturday, maybe like only watch it after all the three o'clock and later games. Like there's a lot of different yeah. ways that you as a professional that has graduated and have to worry about school can start creating that content and things like that. So I'm, yeah. he I'm heavily bullish on that. I mean, I think people that listen to the podcast know that and have heard me talk mm -hmm. about that previously as to how, mm -hmm. um, how important it is to kind of start engaging in all these different ways and, and kind of seeing where we as pharmacists can play a part in Alexa um, in some of these new, uh, you know, technology paradigms that we're going through. And, um, yeah. and I think it's, uh, yeah. I think it's a pretty cool and exciting time to, to do that and to be here. Um, I, I think you should, I think you should make a, I think you should make a meme about, uh, I think Mike Corbino of Core Consult would, uh, would, would laugh at this. Uh, you should make a meme about killing your Netflix or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get some work done. You're right. Funny. Yeah. Mike, I think always like whenever he posts something on Instagram. So this is uh, Mike Corvino from core consult RX. Whenever he yeah. posts something on Instagram, it's super funny. Cause I think he'll always like hashtag, like, like stop Netflix or stop watching Netflix, <laughs> get to work or something like that. So he's, he's, uh, he's heavily focused on that as well. He, he's got a cool, uh, cool, uh, vi little video that I saw on Instagram, uh, yesterday uh, on, uh, nasal how to give saline nasal spray into and he had a mask over a gorilla yes. in front of the camera. Right. Is that, yeah, 
I, I wasn't I, just seeing things, right? <laughs> I told him, and 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 this is going to be funny, but I saw that before he posted it, and I actually told okay. him, I don't know if that's a good idea. But <laughs> <laughs> because when I first saw it, it was like, what is going on yeah. here? Um, right, right. But it's actually super memorable, and I think it's going to help a lot of people because it's so different. Yeah. Um, and it's such yeah. an effective way to get you know your point across. Probably now, anytime that someone watched that video and they're going to give uh, you know the nasal mist, they're going to know yeah. how to do it and have a and probably yeah. laugh a little bit on the inside because of how funny and cool that video is. <laughs> so um, yeah, he's he's doing a really good job. It's funny. Yeah. 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 So um, that's all I kind of had. Um, do you want to leave the listeners um, with mm-hmm. anything, anything in particular? Yeah, yeah. No, um, I think I think really the the main point is just um, you know just have start a conversation. Uh, let's 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 start a conversation together. Um, one of the things I think we've been uh, finding a great way to do that is through LinkedIn. So if you're a student, if you're a pharmacist, if, you know, if you're just someone who's wanting to, you know, build something great in healthcare, uh, start building a brand in health in LinkedIn, because I think, uh, or building a portfolio at least, because I think there's a lot of opportunity there where you can connect with folks like us, right? Or uh, like-minded folks who you, you can, you know, uh, really just help empower and and support each other so um yeah i, I feel like uh this is a community it, it's 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 not going away uh i think that's the beauty of it we're always going to be in it together regardless of what the future holds like we're going to be pushing pushing left right and center just to make things better for for our, our patients for our healthcare um as pharmacists so let's let's do it together right yeah yeah it's something that i'm definitely looking forward to. And, um, I, and I love, you know, being able to meet people like yourself, um, just kind of doing kind of great things for the profession in their own way. Um, you know, in their own kind of, I call it like in your own bubble, in your own world, but then, you know, there's so much synergies that could happen. And I look forward to continuing, you know, develop a relationship with you and and a friendship with you as well. And hopefully we'll be able to see each other soon in, in, uh, in person. Um, so if anyone wants to continue the conversation and kind of, um, reach out to you, what would be the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, so uh, just find me on LinkedIn, or uh, we can connect on uh, YouTube with Daily Dispense and on Instagram as well. So at Daily Dispense. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Beiju, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciated. Thanks, Richard. Hey everyone, first of all, thank you so much uh, for being a listener, for being a subscriber and taking in all the content that we're putting out. And, uh, you know, if you haven't subscribed yet, definitely make sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on any of your favorite social media platforms, uh, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, we're on all those. And until next time, see you over the counter. Pharmacy.